0: To talk about uh lesson two is talking about Jesus is teaching concerning discipleship. Amen. Which is what this whole class is all about, right? Discipleship. Amen. So we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, this evening. Uh, in Ephesians, no, I'm sorry, Exodus. Uh I apologize we don't have the screens tonight. Part of that is I kept the person. Uh, involved with ministry meeting our ministry media ministry busy to the last moment so they weren't able to get all of that put together so that's kind of my fault tonight exodus uh, chapter 19 verses 5 and 6 says now therefore if you will obey my voice indeed and, and keep my cov- covenant then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and of holy nation. There, uh, these are the words which, shall, which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. So in this particular passage of Scripture, God is talking to Moses and telling them, this is what I want you to tell Israel. This is what I intend to do with Israel. I'm going to make them a peculiar people. I'm going to make them a, a, uh, a, a, a set-apart kingdom. That was the goal. That is, that is what God intended for Israel to be. Well, Israel never lives up to the intention of God. They never become what God intended them to be. They were always falling short, and some of the classes downstairs go into that a little bit more. Those that have already perhaps been through Old Testament 1, downstairs, uh, or up here, I think it's, no, it hasn't been taught up here yet. But, so, sorry, you'll have that class next quarter up here. Uh, But, Israel falls short of what God is intending them to be. Okay, so what we see and what Brother Breckenridge was kind of talking about this uh, in the first session, we see God now taking that that promise, that that desire for Israel. They never became the kingdom that He intended them to be, but now that kingdom is being moved from just Israel to whosoever will. And uh, it is going from a physical kingdom into a spiritual kingdom. Amen. And so, Jesus, we see that Jesus teaches and talks about that. How how do you or how do we enter into that kingdom? Uh, We all kind of understand that, so I won't spend a lot of time on it. But we enter into that kingdom by that new birth experience... Brother Breckenridge was talking about uh, as well in the first session. Through repentance, faith toward God, baptism uh, in water, and baptism in the Spirit are being filled with the Spirit of God. That is how we enter into that kingdom. Nicodemus, stay on the notes, James. Nicodemus comes to the, to the Lord and says, Uh, we know that you are a teacher uh, and he's asking about about what needs to happen. And Jesus says to him, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus says, how can I be born again? And so, but that is how we enter into the kingdom of God. But after we enter into the kingdom, after we, we come into this thing called the gospel, that is really just the beginning of all that God wants to do in our lives. Receiving the Holy Ghost, being baptized, that's awesome. That's, we, we have to have that. That's the entry point into the kingdom of God. But it's just the entry point. There's still what God, for us, for God to get us where he wants us to be or for us to become that kingdom. Israel fell short, okay? So Israel, if I can say it this way, Israel, Brother Breckenridge kind of talked about this, Israel came into that kingdom when they left Egypt. Leaving Egypt, going through the Red Sea, coming, heading into the Promised Land, That was their, they they were now a nation. Up until this point, they were not a nation. Up until this point, they were just a a group of people, a family, really, that's what they started out as, enslaved by another nation. And so God brought them out of being enslaved and brought them out to bring them into being a kingdom, into their own nation, if you will. And so they they entered in, but they never were able to really complete what God wanted them to complete. And so we enter into the kingdom, but we also must complete this journey. So after entering into the kingdom, Jesus wants us to know Him and for Him to know us. For us to have a relationship with him. Jesus taught his followers uh, far more than just entering or the requirements to entering into this kingdom. He taught them how they should live after becoming part of this kingdom. Amen. Uh, so you're going to find if you if you look into uh, the life of Christ and you look into the disciples, you're going to see in a number of places where the disciples referred to Jesus as master. In Matthew chapter 11 and 29, Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So Jesus is teaching them. Many times you're going to see Jesus by his disciples. They call him master. And if you go and look up that word, the word most often used for master really translation is teacher so they were referring to him as their teacher and jesus refers to them as his disciples and a disciple is one that is taught i mean that's really what the two words mean so they're calling him teacher and he's calling them student if you will and so that relationship is still the same he is our teacher the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, the Word of God, Jesus is our teacher, and we need to learn of Him, or we have to, we should be discipled by Him. Amen. First Peter chapter two verse twenty one, for even on for even unto, I'm sorry, for even here unto were ye called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. Amen. So Jesus, uh, Peter there tells us that we should follow after Christ. Uh, If you have a Bible, uh, you can turn with me. I'm going to read Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. Jeremiah nine twenty three and 24, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, and that I am the Lord, which exerciseth loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness, in the earth for this is the things i delight saith the lord amen so we even see in the new in the old testament god's desire for us to love him and him to love us that was god's desire he's speaking to israel here but we can as brother breckenridge brought out The Old Testament is not just for Israel, it's for us as well. And so we see that that desire of God is to have that relationship for Him to love us and for us to know Him. I liked what that verse said. It says, uh, But let him that glorieth, glorieth, that he understandeth and knoweth me that I am the Lord. Don't glory in all those other things, but glory in the fact that you know me. Glory in the fact that you understand me. We we want to have, He wants to have that relationship in us to learn of Him. Talking about a disciple. That's what Jesus was teaching. In the Old Testament, Israel often is compared to I thought in in your in the notes in your in the book, I I I don't know to be honest if I ever made this correlation before I looked at this this study, you know, if I can just put a plug in here a little commercial about the Living Logos books, okay, I I'm not I don't claim to be the most the smartest theologian in the world okay i'm not claiming that but i have been striving to know god for a long time i've sat under some pretty smart men of god i've i've had a lot of good bible teaching okay and i've heard some people say you know i don't need those living logos books i i know all of that stuff i don't i don't need that and i'm telling you and me, reading this book, I've, there's something new. I've, I've never made this comparison before. We're, we're never so spiritual. We're never so biblical, full of biblical knowledge that there's so, not something more for us to learn. And so if we get to the place where we think we have it all figured out, we might want to be careful. Because God has a way of helping us to know there's still stuff for us to learn. He's such a good teacher. Amen. (laughs) So, commercial over. So, Hosea chapter 1, I won't go and read all of that, but in Hosea chapter 1, Israel is referred to or uh, compared to an empty vine so israel in the old testament in a number of places is compared to being a vine i want you i want you to think about that i want you to listen to that okay this is the kingdom of god this is god's kingdom and israel was called a vine they were compared to being a vine uh, Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 21 says, Yet I have planted thee a noble vine, holy, a right seed. How then art thou turned into the degraded plant of a strange vine unto me? I've made you a holy vine. I've made you into something special. But he turns around and says, you've become this corrupt vine. Okay, so Israel, but the point of the writer here and what I want us to make sure we understand that Israel's compared to being a vine. The Old Testament, the book of the books of the law, there's approximately 613 commandments. 613 thou shalt not and thou shalt Not just the 10 that we, 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 that we have on a tablet of stone that, that sometimes is put on the wall. It's not just 10 commandments. 613 articles of law that Israel was given by God to be what he wanted them to be. And Israel was not able to do the shalls and the shall nots. What we really see in the shalls and the shall nots is the inability for humanity to live up to that standard because of man's fallen nature. Galatians 2 and 16 says, By by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Romans 3 and 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 2, the second part of it, And he looked that it should bring forth grapes... And it brought forth wild grapes. Talking about Israel. Isaiah 5, 2. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes. And it brought forth wild grapes. David, the Bible says, is a man after God's own heart. David commits adultery, murder, and We find him numbering Israel, which was an act of pride. Okay? So this is David, a man after God's own heart. In Psalms 119 and 176, Solomon... uh, Well, that's where we see God, or David, uh, numbering Israel. Solomon was set up for success. When Solomon comes into being the king... He had everything he needed to be a successful king. And he starts out good. He has this vision with God, and and God asks him a question, and, and he gives the right answer, and God says, I'm going to bless you. But we see the end of Solomon is not that good. Solomon could not live up to what... God, God told him, if you, will, if you will do what I've asked you to do, your kingdom, your your family, your, 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 your lineage will always be the king of Israel. He was set up for success, but he could not he could not finish what he started. I was reading I was reading in the book of Nehemiah and we see Nehemiah and Ezra we see those two particular books those prophets and it's about Israel coming back out of bondage and they're going back and rebuilding Israel and you would think after all of that after being taken out of captivity or taken into captivity and they got bringing them out and and all of these great things and wonderful things that happened and you would think that now they would be able to become what God calls them to be, they still fail. And it's because humanity needs a Savior. If the Old Testament teaches us anything, that we cannot be what we need to be without the presence of God. So let's go back. Remember I said that God compared Israel as a vine. The last verse we we read there, he said, I I was expecting grapes and I got wild or sour or rotten grapes from Israel. That's that's the fruit that he got from Israel. So we, we, we see that most of what we can understand from the Old Testament convinces us that man has proven absolutely beyond any doubt that he needed a Savior to save him from his sins. In the New Testament, though, what does Jesus say? John chapter 15 and verse 1 says, I am the true vine. So now we're going to see a shift. In the Old Testament, Israel was the vine that didn't work that 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 was not uh that that pattern that example that didn't work they could not produce the fruit that needed to be produced Jesus says I am the true vine and in chapter 15 of John verse 5 it says I am the vine and ye are the branches he that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit For without me ye can do nothing. So now, the kingdom of God, the people in the kingdom of God, let me say it this way pardon this term if you don't like it, the subjects of the kingdom, that's us, we're the subjects of the kingdom. In the Old Testament, the subjects of the kingdom were the vine, but now the subjects of the kingdom are connected to the vine. We are the branches. We are not the source. We are not the, Israel couldn't be the source. Humanity cannot be the source. So this then is the truth that we must understand everyone who wants to become a real disciple of Christ, the righteousness that we produce by our own strength of mind and character is regarded by God. In Isaiah 64, it says that our righteousness is filthy rags. So the fruit, the fruit in the Old Testament was man's fruit. The fruit in the New Testament, what do we we call that? The fruit of what? The fruit of the Spirit. Okay? So, uh, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. The fruit of the Spirit. The Bible says that we should not judge one another, correct? We shouldn't shouldn't judge people, right? But what does the Bible say? The Bible says that we shall know them by what? By their fruit. So we're not judges. We should not judge people. But we can be fruit inspectors. And the first place that we should be fruit inspectors is the mirror. Before I start fruit inspecting in your house, I need to fruit inspect my house. Before I start checking to see if you have, you know, spots on your bananas, I need to look at my bananas. And we know that I'm bananas. (laughs) Bananas. We, we, we have to look at the fruit. What is the fruit being produced? Jesus is, and that's what he's teaching us. That's what discipleship, that's what he's teaching. That's what discipleship is about. If you're going to be a disciple, then you have to be connected to me. Because the source of our completeness, the source of our strength, what's going to bring us strength is being connected to the vine. Amen. And uh, we all know this, that that word speaks of fruit. Actually, uh, the, the, there's a Bible study that I have taught here at Antioch on the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, and it's a, uh, that whole subject is, is very interesting. There's many aspects or parts of... One fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. So, the New Testament basically changes the way we understand this approach. So, Galatians 5 and 16. Let me turn there and read. Galatians 5 and 16. This I say then, Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then it goes on and tells us what the lust of the flesh is. For the lust of the flesh is against the Spirit, and the Spirit's against the lust of the flesh. You notice that that verse, and let me try to stick close to where I'm supposed to be. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the The lust of the flesh shall not fulfill. Please hear me. Let me finish before you judge me. Walking in the Spirit is more than just what I do right now. If I walk in the Spirit, I will fulfill or I will... uh, I shall, I shall follow the Spirit. I shall do what I shall complete what the Spirit is leading. And I will not fulfill or I will not complete the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh, or that longing, or that desire, or that plan, or the purpose of the flesh, is not just a momentary thing. Okay? So often, so often in our walk with God especially when God is helping us to, to, to know. Remember, I talked about being a fruit inspector and we need to uh, examine our own fruit. God knows our heart. God knows what's in us. And God brings us to a place of growth as, as His disciple. He brings us to a place of growth and He brings us, He lets us see what we need to see to grow to this point. And then when we get to this point, for us to grow more, He has to let us see more. So that means some inspection has to get done. And the only way for that inspection to be done is through the Spirit. God allows whatever to come about to bring something to the place where we have an aha moment. Sometimes it's a good aha moment. Oh, look, I've changed. I used to act like this, but now I act like this. Sometimes it's not a good aha moment. Sometimes it's a, oh, I didn't know that was there. I didn't know that bad piece of fruit was in the bucket. I need to get it out. So... But we, we have that moment and there's a, a, there's, there's a, a the, the flesh, if you will, seems to have won. But that doesn't mean we're not walking after the Spirit. Because we're not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. We might, we might understand that it's there. It might raise its head. It might prove itself, show itself. But that's what the discipleship's all about. We're connected to the vine, and he's bringing things to our life, okay? So my point is the enemy would want us to take that as a, a, well, I'm I'm not connected. I'm not in the kingdom. I'm not because I failed. I made a mistake. I, I didn't live up to. We're growing from faith to faith, precept upon precept, okay? That doesn't mean it's okay that my flesh rose up and and showed itself. But I need to say, thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for showing me something else that I need to grow in. And if I'm being discipled, then I allow the teacher to show us us what we need to learn. Amen. We've got teachers, teachers, teachers teach differently amen people learn differently God teaches you one way and he teaches me another way he's probably very gentle and you know just kind of shows you some flashcards and pictures no Jim's a hard learner Jim needs to see things a couple times Oh, no, you ain't getting it yet. Let me, let, let's go back. Let's do this again. I, I'm not a quick learner. Sometimes I got to go to the class. Amen. I like third grade so much I did it twice. I know today's world, they don't do that, but I really like third grade. And spiritually, it's the same way. Sometimes I have to go through, so I like that lesson. I need to do it again. The, at least apparently I liked it because I didn't learn it the first time. But God's a patient teacher. He's not a hard teacher, but he's going to, okay, let's let's learn this. Okay, so how? How do we walk in the Spirit? How do we uh, live the way he wants us to live? Okay? Uh, we need to let God love us, empower us, Galatians 5 and 6, we should walk with love. Grace follows through Ephesians chapter 2. You can go and read Ephesians chapter 2. Grace flows through us, through our faith. What does grace do? Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. I won't read that for sake of time, but it uh, actually I will read that. Let's let's turn there. Titus 2, 11 and 12. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Okay, so that, I wanted to read that because it's, if you read that, it sounds a lot like following or walking in, allowing the Spirit to lead us. We, we, we have to allow the Spirit to lead us. When I, was, when I was a younger Christian, if I can use that term, I uh, struggled with some things, and I figured that for me to get where I needed to get to, I just needed to try harder. Pray more, try harder, okay? And to a certain degree, I should strive to do what I'm supposed to do. But Israel tried harder and never could do it. So we have to understand that our source of strength is being connected to the vine. So what I do, if I have myself, I come to a place where you know i'm struggling with something the first thing i do i'm just telling you what i do okay first thing as i do is i make sure the branch is connected to the vine i've got this tree in my front yard it's a crepe myrtle it's my favorite tree crepe myrtles are so i got this tree in my front yard a crepe myrtle right after i bought it that tree is Oh Lord we've lived in that house for 20 some years I don't know long time so I planted that tree right when we moved in second or third year we we lived there we had this real huge storm and one of the main branches coming off my crepe myrtle snapped right at the base it didn't take it all the way off but it split it and I it was a main branch and i'm like man tore broke my crepe myrtle so jim being a smart guy that he is went and got some duct tape so i got me some duct tape and i duct taped that branch because it wasn't the branch wasn't connected to the vine so i took that duct tape and i I wrapped it around where it cracked it and split it and I just left it. I'm like, let's see what that does. And I left it taped up the whole year. That branch just re you know whatever the whatever plants do, they did it and it reconnected and it reattached itself. So sometimes when I find myself not quite where I need to be with God, sometimes I got to go get some duct tape. I got to go to the I got to go to my spiritual toolbox, and I got to get out some duct tape, and I got to make sure that I'm connected to the vine. Because I've allowed some storm or I've allowed some situation to separate me. But, you know, if I could just get reconnected and then bind up that connection, you know, it's, we got any medical people in here? Doctors, nurses, I don't see none. Now, oh, okay. Now, when I was growing up, you know, they they used needle and thread. Then they started using staplers to put people back together. Now they just super glue you together. (laughs) <laughs> kind of like duct tape I guess. So you can't just you got to you got to make sure that that separation stays connected long enough for it to reestablish itself. Okay? So sometimes sometimes when you and me get a little separation, you can't just put a quick Band-Aid on it. Sometimes you got to staple it, you got to super glue it, you got to duct tape it spiritually amen okay let me wrap up i'm not going to get to all this as you've got most of it in your in your books so the cost of discipleship discipleship is costly you know we live in a we live in a world we live in a christian world that's not true at all anymore but uh the the christian world even when I was a young person, they promoted a very inexpensive uh, gospel. You just have to love God. You just have to, you know, to, to accept the Lord. You just have to, He'll accept you where you are. He will accept you where you are. But he's not going to expect you to stay there. And, uh but true discipleship is a costly endeavor. I don't have time to read it all, but you can go back and read Luke chapter 14. Some disciples, some people came, they wanted to be disciples, and they said, Lord, we want to follow you. And he said, well, come on, come on and follow me. And, uh... First, he said, if any man come to me, he's got to hate his father, hate his mother, hate his wife, his children, his brethren, his sisters, yea, even his own life. Some other folks came to him and they said, we want to follow you. And Or he said, follow me. And one said, I've, I've got a piece of property I've got to look at. Another one said, I've got to bury my dad. And, you know, most of us in our modern world, we read that. And Jesus says, let the, be- let the dead bury the dead. And we, we, we look at that and say, that was hard. But the dude's dad wasn't dead. Okay? Just, I just want to make sure you understand that. His dad was not home dead. His dad was alive. But the custom in which he lived in, the f- eldest son didn't leave home until dad died. And he made sure the family was taken care of. So what he was really saying is I need to go home and make sure the family's good and after dad's passed on and everything's worked out, then I'll come follow you. That's really what he was saying. Jesus wasn't saying you can't go to your dad's funeral. But the the point I'm really trying to make here is Jesus and then Jesus talks about we have to take up our cross and follow him being a being a disciple and what jesus taught being a disciple is a costly endeavor so a true disciple and again you can go back some of that's a lot of that is pretty detailed in your book there go back and read that uh in in the lesson uh the disciples come to a place, and some of the disciples were leaving, and Jesus turns to the twelve and he says to them, Will you go away also? And actually, it's right after some teaching. The Bible, in one place, it talks about he had he had taught something, and it was a hard saying. You know, Jesus sometimes in us being disciples. Sometimes Jesus is going to give us some hard sayings. He's going, to, he's going to say things to us like, we have to love those that don't love us. We have to forgive those that, that have hurt us, wounded us. That's, that's not always an easy thing to understand, but that's what it, that's, if we're going to be a disciple, this is what you have to do. There's some hard sayings. And so they couldn't live up to the hard saying. So they left. Jesus said, are you going to leave me? And Peter said this, where are we going to go? Only you have the words of life. And every one of us, every one of us, not just once, many times in our walk with God. Okay? I've been striving to know God since I was really, I got the Holy Ghost when I was 14, but I really have been trying to know God since I was, since I was 19 years old, I really, got, I really realized that before that I didn't really have a relationship with God. I just had the Holy Ghost. There is a difference, by the way. I, I had the Holy Ghost, but I wasn't a disciple. Let me say it that way in context of what we're teaching. I, 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 I had entered the kingdom, but I wasn't yet a disciple. So I've been striving to be a, a disciple since I, was, since I was 19 years old. And even today, there are times in trying to be a disciple that uh, Jesus brings me to a place where it's not asked in this manner, but basically the question is asked Are you going to leave? Has this gotten so difficult? Are you going to leave? Is this offense? Is this problem? Is this circumstances? Are you going to walk away? Is this going to push you out the door? And I have to ask, he asks that question. And my response, if I'm a true disciple, has to be, where am I going to go? Because only you have the words of life. I might be struggling. I might be upset. I might have gotten offended. Someone might have caused me to feel bad, whatever. But where am I going to go? I've been in that kingdom and there's nothing out there. Only you have the words of life. I I, I, I can't go. I, I just need to go to the altar. I just need to go learn what lesson I'm not learning because you have the words of life. So... The, the The reality of it is, and i 'm going to wrap up with this uh, the reality of it is, is it worth it to be a true disciple i i don't think any of us are in this for what we get out of it okay i don't think that i i don't think i don't think anyone that lasts in our walk with god they have to grow past that place where where we're in this thing because of the blessings or what we get i mean i i want to go to heaven okay there was a time when i be i'll be real frank there was a time when i did the do's and the don'ts and i followed this apostolic faith because i didn't want to go to hell I didn't even necessarily think the world was necessarily all that bad deep down inside. I just didn't want to go to hell. So I'm going to stay away from that and I'm going to do this. Okay? We have to mature past that if we're going to be disciples. And it's, so, so it's not about what I get out of it, but it is good to know that there are some benefits to being a disciple. Romans chapter 8, verse 17 and 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So there's, there's, there's suffering in this, but it's, it doesn't compare. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And if Paul could say this, then we should be able to say this. Paul says in Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a more, ex, a more exceeding eternal weight of glory. This, this affliction, this light affliction, this, this struggle in which we find ourselves and to to be frank with you there's there's a lot of things there's a lot of things that i struggled with as a young person there's a lot of things i struggled with as a young christian those things don't they don't those are not struggles in my life anymore i I, i'm not i'm not i'm not tempted by those things that's not to say I'm not tempted by other things, but there, we, we all have things that we will always, this flesh will always try to rise up, but there were things that I was delivered from, I, th- those are not a part of my life. They're, they're, they wouldn't tempt me. You could bring them right here, put me right there, whatever. That's, that, that's not a part of it. But that there's still things that we deal with in this flesh. And the longer we live for God, the longer we're a disciple, The honestly, the struggles become more inward and they really become more complex because God's revealing those things that are keeping us from becoming everything He wants us to be. And most of those things are character it's not the world it's it's that internal fruit wrath envy strife covetousness those those things that people don't necessarily see those are the things that he works on but the Bible tells us that it's well worth the reward of being a true disciple let's stand amen thank you brother bray lord willing we'll be back next week amen and uh actually next week we're actually not having class next week we'll all be upstairs because we have uh the uh cmi youth stuff going on next week here at the church so we'll be upstairs amen let's pray together lord we love you thank you so much for your word your purpose and your grace Lord, I I very much still desire to be a disciple, God. Lord, I don't ever want to get to the place where I think that I have obtained. Paul said, I have not yet apprehended that which has apprehended me. Lord, I have not yet apprehended. I have not yet grasped it. There's still more that the master can teach the disciple. There's still more that I can learn and glean and, and receive from you, God. And, Lord, you made it very clear how important being a disciple was and the cost of being a disciple. Lord, I, I don't want to look at the cost. I want to look at the, the connection, the, the, that what flows from being connected to the vine, God. Let me look at you and not anything else. Lord, not worry about the things of this life, but trust you. Ask you to go with your people. Keep them safe. Lord, allow your word just to become alive and vibrant in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said amen. Amen.